Greetings and welcome to the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast, episode number 13. I'm very pleased to announce that today's podcast is being brought to you by Encoda. Encoda is a sheet music app that is a streaming service very similar to Netflix or Spotify. And basically, you can sign up for a subscription and they have an incredible library of sheet music. And it is all available to you. They have everything from classical guitar to modern rock music. And we're talking the finest editions from Boozy and Hawks, Novello, etc. So they're licensed to do the catalogs of over a hundred different publishers. And if you're not sure and you want to see what they have before you sign up, you can get a free trial. Just download the Encoda app from your app store today. That is N-K-O-D-A. And I have a great show for you today. I'm looking forward to spending the next 30 or 40 minutes with you. So go ahead and fill that glass of iced tea, sit back, and enjoy episode number 13 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. And if you are joining me for the first time, this show is a show that features classical guitar compositions from around the world. If you have a composition of your own that you'd like to feature on this show, all you have to do is simply email an mp3 recording of your composition to chris at classicalguitarcomposers.com. My only rules are that it is an original composition, and it features the classical guitar. And the classical guitar on the recording is a real one and not something like a finale-generated guitar. Now, if your piece includes other instruments, I don't care if those are finale generated. We just want to hear those rich tones of the classical guitar. Simply email that to me and I will feature it on the show. And it will instantly be heard around the world. And today we will be featuring music from Denmark by Thomas Ling Poulsen. I'm very much looking forward to that. We're getting in one final show for the year as we approach what comes tomorrow. You know what? I like holidays. Um, I, uh, being a very routine person, I think holidays are kind of a good thing for somebody like me because they, they force me to break things up, and uh, I like it. I like holidays. Um, except one. There's one I hate, and it's the one that's tomorrow. I absolutely loathe New Year's Eve. I've been enjoying a nice week of just being home with the family, um, you know, doing a little, you know, getting some stuff done, uh, doing a little sledding, you know, just having some fun. Um, my, the company I work for shuts down between Christmas and New Year's, so, you know, I, I'm gratefully enjoying some time off. And I think the stupidest thing to do at that is to go and, you know, the penultimate day of the little vacation uh, let's just stay up extremely late for no reason other than to some numbers change. So then on New Year's Day, my sleep schedule is all, all sorts of messed up. I can't uh, get to sleep that evening, and then life begins again the next day, January 2nd. I mean, all New Year's is is a kickoff to the absolute most miserable time of year. You know, it, it's freezing cold. Uh, it's too cold to play your guitar. You know, it takes it takes twice as long to warm up because there's no blood flow going to my fingers. Disc golf season is completely shut down right now. Uh, and that's depressing. 
I'll just be spending the next three months in the basement waiting for the weather to be nice enough to go do something interesting. Uh, I guess it's an efficient time of year for me, though. You know, I'm, uh, This year I'm orchestrating another musical. <laughs> I guess there will be plenty of time for that. Disc golf's funny, though. See, being a classical guitarist, uh, we kind of give up on some things like bowling and, you know, some things that you may not think about uh, when when you uh, take up the classical guitar not realizing what you're getting into uh, if you choose to grow out nails and, and do it that way. But, uh, yeah, I remember the first time I went bowling after I'd grown my nails out and just the very first roll, there went my thumbnail. I'm like, oh, man, there's... There goes four weeks. <laughs> uh, I actually did... I, I had a method for bowling for a while that I would file my nails down just really, really small to where I could still play the guitar, but they were on the low side. And then I would tape them up with, like, masking tape. And so I, I go to the bowling alley, you know, with this um, roll of tape, and I'm, like, constantly taping up my fingers. And, of course, my friends made fun of me like crazy, but that's what I had to do to go bowling. And, you know, eventually just... But it's just not worth it, <laughs> bowling. But disc golf is kind of the same way. If you just go out and throw a disc with nails, uh, properly throw that disc, it's going to rip your nails right off. But um, I keep my nails, they're probably on the shorter side compared to, I, I don't know if, if you did like a poll of all classical guitarists, maybe I'd be like right in the middle. <laughs> but um I just wear a glove disc golfing. I, I wear an old, um, like, my batting gloves from baseball. Uh, I just put on a, a baseball glove, a batting glove, not a not a mitt, obviously. And um, they actually make disc golf gloves, but I've never seen anybody use one. Um, but I should really get me some of those. But anyway, that glove gives me just enough protection. It doesn't rip off my nails. And uh, so I have no problem disc golfing, but it's funny because people will uh, see me on the course and they'll be like, they think that I'm wearing the glove to like get more distance or something. <laughs> and they'll be like, so does that glove help? I'll be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I never tell them the real reason uh, because then it just becomes a, well, what's that? And uh, <laughs> one time somebody, I don't remember how he got into it, but you know, he's like, what do you do? And I you know, tell him I play classical guitar, and he's like, what's that? And um, I try to explain it to him, and then he's like, well, we'll just name name a classical guitar artist, you know, like, who would I know? And I'm like, uh, you know, this is like this broski on the golf course. And I'm like, uh, John Williams? You heard of John Williams? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I've heard that name. Yeah, 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 you probably have. <laughs> I, just, I just let him go with that. Yeah, nail life. A couple of weeks ago, I had to do a bunch of work on my truck, and I, like, I, I had to do a bunch of work on the passenger side with the suspension. You know, I had to press a ball joint, and it was a nasty ball joint. And I, uh, there's a handful of other parts. And I got through the entire thing without even so much as, is scraping a nail somehow and um and then I had to do the other side of my truck this week uh and this time I did 
I cracked my eye just a little bit, just on the corner, and I was able to file it down enough that I'm I don't have any problem playing. And that's nice, and that's that's how it always goes for me. I can usually get through uh, stuff like that. I always bust my nail doing something stupid every time, like like flipping on a light switch, and somehow I miss the switch and just crash my finger into the wall. <laughs> so anyway. Here we go into January. Maybe uh maybe there will be lots of submissions and I can just do lots of podcasts through the next couple of months and that can help winter go by a little quicker. I've been thinking about this though, um, because new topic. I uh at my job, as I've talked about um on previous episodes, I record uh accompaniment tracks for musicals. And we were, uh, before we, you know, left for Christmas break, um, we're doing this musical that is called We Will Rock You. It's all Queen music. And um, so I've been, you know, I've spent the last few days before I left uh, just, you know, recording Queen guitars. And it's been really fun. And I've never been the biggest Queen fan. I've always liked them, but I've never really gotten into them, you know. But uh, I kind of gained a new appreciation for them as I was recording these guitar parts, especially, uh, you know, Brian May as a guitarist. Uh, you know, these are really neat guitar parts. And, um, you know, it just it led me to think, have you ever uh, disliked a composer but then found that you gained a liking for them as you started playing some of their music? Uh, let me see if I can say this better uh <laughs> for example i was never the biggest via lobos fan before i started learning via lobos pieces um you know i was familiar with them I'd, I'd heard them but they just i was more drawn to other things and um when i started to learn via lobos it completely changed and now i love via lobos and i i the via lobos complete guitar works is like my go-to thing when I just want to sit down and play some music, because, you know, a lot of his stuff, it's not easy, but it's, it's all playable, and, uh, <laughs> aside from a, a couple of etudes that I, I tend to struggle with, but, you know, I love to just sit down and play through that book, it's just, I love those pieces, but it, I did not until I learned them, and even, um, you know, as I was learning them, a lot of the pieces I didn't like until I took that piece on, like, I remember... I never really cared for Prelude Number Five, and then when I learned it, I, I it became you know one of my favorite preludes to, to play. Same with Number Three, uh, but initially I didn't really care for either of those. Um, the Prelude I liked the most originally was Number Four, you know. But uh, I think when we learn the pieces, um, it kind of changes the way we hear them. It does for me, for sure. So. I'd, I'd be curious uh, of any experiences like that any of you have. Um, you know, if you want to send them to Chris at Classical Guitar Composers, we can talk about it. I can, uh, you know, talk about it with you on the... I'm just curious. I like to have these conversations. Um, I don't hang out with a lot of classical guitarists. Like, I just, you know, um, I know some and, and we're friends, but, you know, I don't. I don't get together with them. 
and you know my my closer friends and the people I spend a lot of time with they, they don't play classical guitar so we don't really get to have these conversations uh, you can tweet me because I'm on Twitter now at guitar hails anyway sometimes you can gain an appreciation for a piece that uh, maybe you previously didn't like just by hearing the the right version of it you know another example for me would be um, I was learning uh, the box suite number one the lute suite number one um, and I love that entire suite and I learned the whole thing but I I struggled with the sarabande I just didn't feel like it was Bach's best piece and I love Bach sarabands um, but for whatever reason that one just I felt like it was the the weak movement of the suite and uh, anyway um, I saw Jason v is it view I don't know how to say his last name Jason view I love Jason view whatever <laughs> he's a great guitar player can't say his name uh, but I saw him and he played that suite and when he played the Sarabande, I was moved emotionally. It was gorgeous, and I had no idea that that piece could be that beautiful. And it completely changed the way I heard that piece. And so, you know, when I went back, and I, don't, I can't tell you how he played I have it. I think I have the recording of him now doing that. But um, I don't know what it was, but now when I play that piece, I, tr I, I feel it differently. Uh, there's... There's more emotion there than I was able to find. The same thing happened with, um, I never liked that piece by Rodrigo. There's the uh, three Spanish pieces. Um, and the, the first one that a lot of people recorded the first one. I never cared for that piece until I heard Julian Bream's version. And I loved the way Julian Bream brought out uh, the contrapuntal nature of that piece in a way that I hadn't heard any other guitarist do it, and I loved it so much that I then went and learned the piece because I had no idea it was that cool. Okay, so one more thing that um, I want to talk about before we move on to the music. Um, there are other classical guitar podcasts, and uh, you know I'm not here to compete with them or you know step on anybody's toes. I feel like this show is just something unique to the classical guitar world, and um, w there's a show called the Classical Guitar Corner Podcast, and I bring this up because I've been calling my show, I often just refer to it as the CGC Podcast, you know, Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. It never occurred to me that uh, that Classical Corner show already has that abbreviation, Classical Guitar Corner CGC. So... I'm not going to call this the CGC podcast anymore uh, because I don't want I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Like I'm, so yeah, I'm not going to call it that anymore. But jeez, uh, I wish there was a short way to say the name. Classical guitar composers podcast is kind of a long name. Oh well. Anyway, here we are. I'd say now is that point in the show where it's a good time to hit the pause button, go refill your glass with iced tea or whatever you have in there you know maybe uh fill your pipe with some a good mix of burley and virginia a little cavendish you know put on your smoking jacket your slippers you know get into that nice comfy chair it's now time for that point in the show that we all look forward to 
the music. So like I said earlier, today we will be featuring the music of Thomas Ling Paulsen, who hails to us from Denmark. And he wrote me this, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Dear Chris, your show has been on my to-listen list for quite a while, but my daily satire show kept getting in the way until it was cancelled. I'm sorry about your show, that, that really sucks. I've had a lot of podcasts I like end abruptly, and it, it it's really a bummer. I'm not going to do that to you guys. The show will keep going. Anyway, Thomas goes on. The past few weeks, I have finally been able to binge the show from first to most recent episode on my commute, and I have enjoyed it a lot. It's very cool that the show exists, even though the submission flow is not what you'd hoped. Nevertheless, I believe that it is important for the classical guitar community as a whole that you have the show, and that more or less unknown composers have a place to get heard worldwide. I don't actually see myself as a composer, but I am getting ahead of myself. I should make my introduction before getting to the pieces. I am Thomas Ling Poulsen, yet another person in this world with a classical guitar performance degree whose primary income comes from teaching guitar to kids. It wasn't the dream when I started studying, but teaching has continually grown on me, and I truly love my job and have no regrets whatsoever. I, I do enjoy my rare recitals on classical guitar too, but I was never much good at promoting myself, so they are indeed a rare occurrence. My performance itch does get scratched regularly, though, playing electric guitar in a functions band. A while ago, my wife, who is an animator, was commissioned to do a Halloween special short film and needed some music. This was my first real attempt at writing anything resembling classical music. I have been known to write the odd song in my youth. I actually made an orchestral score and slaved away with my best virtual instrument, excuse me, my best virtual orchestra plugins to make it sound somewhat organic. We had a tight deadline, so it was quite a burst of creativity from both of us. After delivery, my creative juices kept flowing and resulted in a five-day streak of me going into my home studio and creating and recording two pieces per day. They were all played on guitar or guitars, but not all included nylon strings. Those that did are, are my submission. The pieces fall somewhere between spontaneous compositions and planned improvisations. After dropping off my two boys at school and daycare, I sat down with my coffee and my cheap living room guitar and fooled around a bit, sketching out an idea, some cool little chord progression, or the outline of a melody. I then went to my studio, got whatever guitars I felt suited the idea I had in mind, pressed record, and did a single take, improvising on the idea. Some of the pieces are multi-tracked, but the dogma of single takes is upheld. I did allow myself a few edits, and in some cases a fader ride here and there to balance out the multi-tracked pieces, and highlight whichever part had the best idea at any given moment. And then I added generous amounts of reverb and a splash of chorus. <laughs> Sorry, I know you prefer your reverb in small doses, but it's what felt right for the project. Most of the pieces come off as having an actual form and traces of thematic development, but I can assure you that where this has happened, it is purely coincidental. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. Uh, first of all, I, I really appreciate uh, what you wrote at the beginning there about the show. Um, uh, that, that is good to hear, and I, I really appreciate it. That is the purpose of this show, to give a platform to composers uh, worldwide. And, um, <laughs> yeah, reverb. Well, 
you know what i can very much enjoy a lot of reverb when it comes to what i do uh for my day job it's sometimes a battle with reverb but uh nope to each their own i will say this too uh there is nothing like a deadline to spark creativity uh when you just have to come up with something uh many times that's been when i've put out my best work even uh earlier this year when i decided to do that uh suite i featured on my halloween podcast you know i knew i wanted to do that and gave myself a deadline and you know i mean i i'm happy with the piece uh I'm not saying it's the best thing ever written, but I'm certainly happy with it. But having that deadline made it get done, because if I didn't, I'm sure I'd be working on the the second movement right now. <laughs> so, moving on to the music. Um, Thomas sent these in alphabetical order. I don't think they have any particular order, so I think I'm going to go ahead and just air them as they come in the email. So this first one is called Espanolita and he describes it simple folky chord progression double tracked on steel string and then some flashy harmonic and improvisation on nylon strings
The next piece is called Gentle Rocking. Thomas writes, fifth string tuned to G, a lot of open strings, and some sixths on solo classical guitar. The next piece is called Nylon Curls, a meditative fool around on the most basic of chord progressions.
solo classical guitar. Next we have Quietly Dancing, a waltz in E minor. You can't go wrong with waltzes in E minor. <laughs> also solo classical.
you really can't go wrong with a waltz in E minor. This final piece is called Remembrance, an A chord with an added ninth, some stepwise and or other chromatic movement in the bass part, makes for a nice little piece on a cold winter day. Yet another piece on solo classical guitar. And it is a cold winter day. So for me, it is prime listening conditions.
We've just been listening to the music of Thomas Ling Poulsen, which I certainly hope I'm saying right. Uh, sorry, Thomas, if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, but very nice. Uh, thank you, Thomas. As always, I'm very grateful for any submissions, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, a little different, um, and I really enjoyed that. The very first guy who submitted a uh, submitted music to the show um, in episode number two, his name's Andre Krilov. He does a lot of improvisational composition, um, and he's he's quite passionate about it on social media. Anyway, uh, it's very interesting, and uh, I've really enjoyed today's pieces. So, once more, thank you, Thomas. And also. Um, I would be interested in where we could see that Halloween short film, um, if that's possible. Thomas, please uh, let us know, and I will share that on the website. I would certainly be interested in seeing it. So, that's all for today's show. I want to thank you all for joining me, as always. I want to thank um, our sponsor today, Encoda, and uh, please check them out, uh, you know, at least with a free trial. Um, and it'll help support this show. And as always, the best way to support this show is to submit music of your own to be featured on this show. Another way you can support the show is to purchase uh, sheet music from me. You simply go to www.classicalguitarcomposers.com and click on the link titled Sheet Music at the top of the page. Very easy to find, very easy to do. It's a way you can support this show and get a little something in return. You can also find information on each episode at www.classicalguitarcomposers.com. You can find important links to our composers. So I thank you for joining me today, and until next time, it's cold out there. Do your best to keep on plucking. <laughs>